Welcome back to the podcast. Michael Grant here, Senior Pastor of Faith Worship Center International, right here in Columbus, Georgia. I've got a new series for you. It's entitled, Know What You're Saying. I'm excited to share it with you, and I think you're going to enjoy it. So grab your Bible, get ready to take great notes, and let's dive into the Word together in this year of the Spoken Word. On that note, this is a special week in our society because it's a time where love is on people's minds. Oh, I hear you chuckling in the audience. Now, some of you, you haven't thought much about it because, you know, you just, you know, you just, just, just glad to be in the world and you just, you know, or perhaps you're just not of that mindset concerning what's about to take place on Friday. But um, and, it, you know, that's that's it's not that you should or shouldn't. But sometimes you've got to be aware of the, the world that you live in and the seasons or should I better say the cycles that our world tends to go through or our society tends to go through. Uh, nudge your neighbor and say, you're going to be all right. Uh, uh, <laughs> because it's Friday, one of the most uh, lucrative days uh, specifically in retail, is about to come to a climax. Uh, we're talking about Valentine's Day. Somebody say Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Now, you know, I, that this day kind of gives me mixed feelings because, you know, we get all brand new on Valentine's Day. Like we supposed to do something on Valentine's Day or expect something that's, that, you know, it ain't happened all year long. Nobody called me. Ain't nobody text me. Come on in here, single. Stop acting like you don't know what I'm talking about. Married folk, this is yours too now. All of a sudden, we feel like getting flowers. Well, where my flowers been at all since January is what I want to know. I see you clapping, ladies. I see you clapping, ladies. As if it's the, the man's day to do everything, right? Okay, we, we won't, we, I won't, I won't step on no toes. I, I won't get in trouble in here on Sunday morning. But amazingly, fun fact, fun fact, the national, the national retail, uh, uh, federation found that in 2016, uh, that Valentine's Day was the fourth most valuable financially of all major holidays or events throughout the year. Somebody say number four. Uh, uh, it was it was subservient only to, of course, the winter holidays, which roll around Thanksgiving and and, um, and Christmas was number one. Back to school uniquely was number two. I guess we like to go back to school real sharp, apparently. Uh, and then, of course, Mother's Day. There you go again, ladies. See, so, so you get Mother's Day and you get Valentine's Day. I, I'm, all, I'm right. I'm only having fun. But. In the arrears of $19.7 billion are spent just leading up to and, and climaxing on Friday. Somebody say our society. Yeah, our world, our world is uh, specifically our nation is speaking concerning its value on feeling loved. Right. Um, and so and I, and I want to I want to. Uh, this is not my message, but I do want to do this for, for you entrepreneurs. 
it, I want to give you some wisdom. Learn to ride the waves of what moves society. Uh, for those of you who are who you know who who like who who are for profit entities, make sure you ride the wave. If during the winter months people spend almost seven hundred billion dollars, please ready yourself. Don't come. Don't don't go print out cards uh, on Thanksgiving Day for Christmas. No 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 no. You need to prepare yourself well before because they gonna start spending their money come come October on down after Halloween. It's on and popping. Nudge your neighbor, say, make that money now, honey. No, don't act like, don't act like, don't act like you're too holy to say that. Don't know, don't do that. Because come Friday, come Friday now, you're you going to be going out to eat. You're going to be buying them flowers. You're going to be doing that now. And I'm not saying don't. I'm just saying learn to ride the wave. Somebody say, hear, hear ye, hear ye, entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure you, you, that's a nugget for you. Now, this is also not my message, but I, I, I sensed that last week God really honed in on the marriages. And I want to, this week, I want to just kind of undergird the singles. You know, if you ain't had nobody before Friday. Don't, don't. Tell your neighbor, don't bite the bait now. Don't, 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 don't feel like if you got, you just got to have, if when Friday come, if you ain't got nobody, life just ain't right. No, tell your neighbor, no, you all right, sweetheart. You, 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 you fine. Uh, uh, <laughs> Tyler Perry said, you can do bad all by yourself. You ain't, don't, don't, don't make it no worse. Don't make it no worse. Getting pulled into the, getting pulled into the to the to the influences that move society because the society there's a reason now that every time you turn on your tv all you see is hearts and all you see is people embracing one another and kiss there's a reason that these movies that come around this time it's because and it's not because they want you to find your loved one the one that you love your soulmate it's because come friday they want to be sure that 19.7 creeps on over into the 20s of the funds that are spent. So, so be aware, be alert. Somebody encourage a single, say, you all right? If you, there's a song that said, if you don't know me by now, we ain't finna get all close just for Friday. And if I can insert that I rebuke that hookup spirit, that spirit that make you just want to get you some, some feel good for one night. Oh, no, I'm out there now. I ain't going back. I don't know what hormonally begins to happen on, on Wednesday that makes you get to crossing legs and all that stuff by Friday. But whatever you need to do. If you need to take you a laxative on Friday morning. Oh my God. Oh my God. Cause see what we do in the Bible. I'm trying to get to my message. What, what we do in the Bible belt. We'll have a one nighter. 
And then we'll get us some fruit off of that one-nighter. And then we feel guilty. So we start trying to make that one-nighter with the fruit our lifelong commitment. Can I help you, please? If you made a mistake and you slipped up, please don't try and fix it by marrying that joker. Because that mistake that happened that one night will be a lifelong commitment of a mistake. So all I'm trying to encourage you with is that you know, you know, it's just Friday. It's just Friday. Get with your homegirls. Get with the bros or whatever you need to do. Married folk, if you just in a tizzy about it, please. Our marriage ministry is hosting. Uh, how sweet it is to be loved by you, country boy. If you don't like seafood, just come and see the food. You get <laughs> Do something so you don't get yourself in a mess come Friday. Somebody say come Friday. Hooking up with folk you don't even know. Oh no, I society. I mean, say what you want. I I talk about it now because we, you 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 don't. We feel like if we ain't caught up with somebody. We missed out on what the holiday brought. And so and so it's important for us. It's important for us to not be misled by what it's all about. On that note, in lieu of the holiday, it got a little image there for you. And the question is, do you know? Do you really know? And that kind of the, the image of it of the heart connecting with the Noah, it, it, it pulls us from a mindset of just being knowledgeable into a more intimate definition in, in, in the sense of knowing speaks of developing relationship. What? Developing relationship by spending quality time. Developing relationship by spending quality time. So in this month, when we're talking about knowing what you're saying, the question is, do you really know? Do you really have a relationship that's been developed by spending quality time? Knowing what you're saying. We pin the fact that uh, knowing what we're saying specifically speaks of knowing the fact that we're speaking or saying God's word. So if we're knowing what we're saying, we're consequently saying that we're knowing God's word. So the question is, now, not only have you become knowledgeable of the content within the word, but do you know the word, can I better say, himself? Got it? Because what I find is the what that we're talking about is really a who. The Bible says in John chapter one, I love John because John was a lover of the man Jesus in a very pure sense. He felt he loved them like a little brother loves a big brother. Similar, if you've ever had two sons in the household and you see that younger brother, how he just is so uh, uh, loving towards his big brother in the purest of senses because he just it's like he admires him. This is the guy that looks a lot like him. His ways are very similar to his ways and, and they they just it's almost like I want to be like him so bad that you get to arguing and fussing and fighting any sisters that way as well you got an older sister that when she was growing up it was like man I want to be like my big sister or I want to be like my big brother there's this pure sense and then you know that we get to that age there where we feel like we can be them or we can overcome them and that's when we get the button heads 
I'll stop acting like you love them your whole life. Some of them on the, sometimes you just want to, I'll leave that alone. You just want to fight them and carry them. But, but, but in this sense, I love John because he was, he was the disciple that always wanted to be up under Jesus' wing, hearing his heart and hearing what was on his mind. And that same John's, in, in John chapter one, verse number 14, he says that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Love how he pins that because he has a revelation of the fact that not only is Jesus this man who who was doing miraculous things, but he was a he was God's expressed image in the earth. So he had a respect and a reverence and a, and a sense of just being awestruck by who Jesus was because he loved him. Somebody say because he loved him. And as he as he loved him, he got to know him. He loved him. And, and as he penned this term here uh, that uh, um, that the word was made made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. Uh, he was he was expressing a powerful reality that spirit became flesh or spirit came into flesh so that flesh could now be relative have have be, be have the ability to relate to spirit <sighs> again jesus the word the bible says that there are three that bear record in heaven this is first john five he says that there are three that bear record in heaven he says the father the word and the spirit the what father the word and the spirit one more time who First John five and seven says that the father, the word and the spirit are one in heaven. And so we understand that the word in heaven came to earth and was made flesh, became flesh so that earth could have a better ability to relate to heaven. That term relate, it ought to, it ought to, it ought to uh, ring a bell for you because when we're talking about being able to know God, we're talking about being able to be relate to God. You can not be in relationship with someone who you cannot relate to. You cannot be in relationship with one that you cannot relate to. And so Jesus wanted us to be able to relate to heaven so badly that he came off of his throne, came to earth and counted it not robbery to come and make himself in the form of a servant to be subservient to his own creation so that his own creation could know him. Somebody say know him. I'm reminded of a song that Donald Lawrence penned years back. I think it was in the 90s when he did his uh, project. I think it was called Bible Stories. And that one of the songs that he, he did was called Stranger. Uh, yeah, the lyrics go, there's a stranger in town. He's giving sight to the blind. He is a great emancipator. He turns water to wine. He even healed the ten who were bound by disease. What manner of man is this whose voice can control the sea? Some say he is the great I am the prophet spoke of. Some even say he's Emmanuel, the son of God. This stranger, this stranger, this stranger from Galilee. Then he went on down in his own. He said, do you know him? Do you know the man? Do you know him? And uniquely this song is pinned pinned because he's showing the context that the song is pinned in is that uh, uh, these people are in this town and they've heard about him. They've heard of him, but they don't know him. 
Ah, the present state of the church troubles me because we can talk a lot about what he has done for others. We can speak a lot about what Jesus or what the word has done in past times. Some of us can quote the word better than the preacher themselves. But the question then remains, though you know all these things about him, do you know him for yourself? And until you're able to know him for yourself, you will not be able to access the mysteries, the wonder, the power, the miracles, the signs that he has made available only to those who know enough, who believe enough to come to know him. So do you know him? Do you know him? I'm I'm reminded of a scenario that I found myself in with a friend of mine. We were going up to support another friend who was coaching in the National Football League. Now, those of you who know my past, you know that I spent a little bit of time in the National Football League, both um, as a player and as an intern coach. And so you would think that anytime the NFL has something that someone who has been formally affiliated with them should have free access to all things, but not true. Because the league keeps moving on and regardless of how much time I spend in it, if I do not have access pass, then I can't get into those secret places. So so a friend and I went to support a friend and uh, we wanted to, you know, greet him after the game. He was coaching and we wanted to, after the game, come and see him. We wanted to be able to just, you know, fellowship with him a little bit. Now, mind you, again, I played professionally, coached professionally. And yet when the game started, I had to sit in the seat that my ticket said I had access to city. Okay, okay, okay. Y'all go, y'all go, y'all, y'all go. Make me work today. That's all right. It's all right. I, I, I go in the gate, talk about some. Yeah, I played for the Cleveland Browns. Such and such time. They said, "Well, sir, this ain't the Browns, and this ain't that time. This a brand new time." And my question is, do you have any proof? That you are who you say you are. I could have pulled out my pro football uh, uh, access card and all these things. It was, I like that. That'll get you into some places. But as for me and my house, you're going to have to sit in CG39. But we found that after the game, we wanted to spend a little time with him. They, uh, he emailed or he texted us this pass. And so that past gave us access to a place that everybody else wasn't able to get to. Why? Because somebody who was in the arena. That's going to make me work. I work. I work. Because someone who had free reign access to it gave us the ability to prove that we knew them. And so they gave us access to it. That's what that's what relationship with Jesus Christ gives us. It gives us access to things that we know not of. Jesus said, John, John, John said in John 14, he specifically went on to say that Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No man can get to the Father except by me. And he was not simply saying just by calling out my name. I love how he put parameters around that thing where Romans 10 and 9 says, if you confess with your mouth, but you got to believe in your heart, it's got to be something going on on the inside of you that proves your connection to this invisible God. Ask your neighbor, do you know him? 
And I know you're saying, yeah, I know him. I know him. I know him. But what's the evidence of the fact that you know him? What's the proof? Because oftentimes when we when we talk about knowing God, we start quoting scriptures or we start referencing what the word says about God. But here's what Jesus said or here's what he he spoke through his apostles. I love what Second Corinthians three and six tells us that he has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not the letter, because the letter is killing. But the spirit gives life. Why does he make that statement? Because he wants us to have a divine connection with God. God wants us to have a divine connection beyond just letters. We do understand this. Okay, let me, let me, let me, let me do a little work. I'm going to teach you a little bit. So, we were created to be in relationship with God. Yes? The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 1 that God created the heavens and the earth, and then he created all the creatures that creep upon the earth, all the birds and the fish. He created all those things, and then he got so excited. He said, I'm going to make man in my image and after my likeness so that he can have dominion over this. And as he has his domain here, he will be connected to me, and he will rule here like I rule the heavens. Yes? And so we find ourselves now in Genesis chapter Three in a bit of a tight spot because we ourselves have been uh, uh, led astray from being able to relate to God. We find that when God comes to Adam and his wife, he comes to them. He said, Adam, where are you? They're hiding they, they, because they see their nakedness. And they're saying, Lord, we hid from you because we were naked. He said, how did you know you were naked? They said it was that serpent that told us to do what you said don't do. Here's what Genesis 3 and 24 says. If you look at 23 and 24, it shows you one of the most horrifying days in history. I'm talking about this is scarier than the movie It with the clowns and all of that. This is true horror movie stuff here. Here's what happened. If you'll see, it says, therefore, the Lord God sent forth, sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he came. God specifically in that moment likens our our creation to the lowest form of what we were created as because the, the dust was was what gave us our form. But his breath was what gave us our dominion. I don't have a lot of time. So in that moment, go on to 24, it says, so he drove, I want you to read this and I want you to feel what you're reading now because you got to see what is taking place relationally between man and God. You ready? Read. Stop. Read that one more time. He, one more time. I want you to chew on that as you're saying it now. Ready? Read. Keep reading. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you see that? So from this moment, the environment, the realm that we were created to abide in, we have now, because of our disobedience, because of our sin, we have been uh, uh, eternally, potentially, displaced from the ability to relate to God. This God who created us, this God who desires us, this God who made us in his image so that we could be him to the earth as he is to the heavens. Now we're disconnected from our source. Watch. Now everything we do in life, we got to do it on our own ability. Oh, man. 
Oh, man. Now, I don't know about you guys, but in my opinion, that's very unfair con concerning uh, uh, how to succeed in life, because there are some people who have more wisdom, uh, more, more knowledge, more smarts. Some people have greater skills with their hands. Some people are more skillful in certain areas than others. And so if I am born into a tribe that is lesser than greater tribes, now I don't even got a shot to succeed. I got to stay in poverty. I got to stay uh, uh, uneducated. I got to stay in a place where I can never overcome challenges that face that I face in life. And this sin separates us from God. Sad day, right? Somebody say, but Jesus, here's what Jesus does. He comes and he bridges the gap. This is why we're so excited about the fact that we have the ability not only to know God, but to be known by God, that we have the ability to be in relationship with God, not just know of God, but to truly know him. This is why we must not only settle for reading the scriptures and hearing what somebody else says about God, but we ourselves have to have a true, unadulterated, bona fide relationship with God. Because if all we have is head knowledge, then we miss out because that's not what we were created for. Second Corinthians 3, we were not created to be Pharisees. We were not created to only know the letter. I know I'm making you think today. I want you to because sometimes we say we know God, but we don't even remember when we gave our lives to Jesus Christ. If I go up and down this aisle and ask you, when was your moment that you came to know God? You might tell me, well, I was at church one time and then I, and I just felt the spirit. Well, what, 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 what spirit? Right? How, what was your, I see you thinking, boy, yeah, I see you thinking. Now, this is not condemnation. This is just making sure that we connect relationally with God. How do you know him? Because he's more than just the Bible. The Bible is the reference book. But who is he to you? Who is he to you? When you were in your low place, what, how are you confident that it was him, that it was Jesus, the Christ, the son of the living God that came through for you? What is your guaranteed, undeniable moment to say, I met him and I ain't nobody going to make me disbelieve? That's the moment. That's what, we're, that's what we got to have, believers. And understand this. When you get negative reports that pop up in your life, that's not him being mad at you. That's life happening and him being willing to get you, get you to know him in a better way. Because here's what Job said. Job said, I heard with the hearing that he was a healer. But now I know for myself. You can't make me believe. My friends can't make me disbelieve. Uh, somebody who believes in a different God can't make me think differently that my God ain't real. You can't make me doubt him because I know too much. That's the place that he wants us to get to. And so if we live our lives by head knowledge only, if we live our lives trying to never encounter something that would be uh, uh, unfavorable for us, if we live our lives trying to navigate around troubles, we're going to waste our time or we're going to miss out on opportunities getting to know God for ourselves. Sometimes we rely on other people's encounter too much. And knowing how we, is, we establish that God is a thing because this was their encounter. No, they might not have known that side of him. When oh, I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is, was, or will be. I refuse to bank my relationship or my knowledge of God on another man or woman's relationship or encounter with God. Because I don't care how knowledgeable they are, everybody can reach a point or a situation that makes them question whatever they believed formally to be true. 
But God wants us to know him. God wants us to be in relationship with him. That only comes from spending time with him. I was thinking as our praise team was singing today, that first song that they sang, which was the first song that you guys sang, Elder, do you remember? Dad, that was an original, Tony Faze and Remission. Be, be magnified. Be magnified. I was thinking, y'all celebrated out of Tony. That's an original song from days back. Matter of fact, both of them were, were originals today, right? That's a blessing. That's a blessing. But one of the things they said was be magnified. And I thought about this this morning. I thought, and I kind of alluded to it when, I, when we were worshiping. I said, if, this, if you're not a worshiper, then magnifying him will be foreign to you. Because magnify means that there is something present and you intensify it. So, so, so if you don't have personal worship time on your own, you ain't magnifying nothing. You're looking at. And I think that's what happens oftentimes in, in the modern day church. We come to be entertained. We come to, to, for somebody to make us see a side of God that we've never seen. You don't get to see a side of him in here unless you're willing to see a new side of him out there. God don't want to tickle your fancy just because you came to church on Sunday. This came to just refortify or reestablish the relationship that you already have. If you don't have relationship with God before you come in here, Baby, what you doing in here ain't nothing but a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. Heaven is not moved by it. But for those who know him, but for those who have relationship with him, but for those who labor in prayer, for those who lift their hands, who fall on their knees and pray at home, for those who when trouble comes into the house, they say, devil, you're a liar. My God will be exalted. The devil is defeated. I've already won the battle. Why? Because I know him for my... just came to ask you today do you know him do you know him yeah yeah that's 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 why the psalmist could say oh magnify the lord with me yeah 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 i didn't come to watch you magnify i came to invite you today because whether you lift him up or not my soul shall make up boast in the lord the humble shall hear thereof and be glad my praise will ignite you but you better have your own con- you better have your own connection with him these days right here, you better have your own relationship with him. I just came to ask you today, do you know him? Ask your neighbor, do you know him? Do you know him for yourself? Do you have confidence? This is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything in his name, how I know his name? Some call him Emmanuel. Some call him the son of God. Think back to the song. There's a stranger in town giving sight to the blind. Some call him a healer. Some call him a deliverer. Some call him many things. I don't know what they call him, but I call him my savior. I call him my Lord. I call him my peace. I call him my mind regulator. When things want to trouble me and stir me up make me want to do evil when I would do evil good finds itself to be present on the inside of me why cause I know him for myself so I just came to I just came to encourage you today let you know let you know said oh that I might know him <laughs> I want to know him the fellowship of his substance the power of his resurrection I want to know him for myself see 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 here's the thing about knowing and I'm done Paul says I, that I might know him now this is Paul Paul is writing the Bible that we believe 
led by God's spirit in writing it, saying that I might know him. This is the, 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 the vessel writing saying that I might know him. What does that mean? Knowing is a continual process. It's a perpetual process that continues to go and grow. And as we continue to seek him, he says he'll allow us to find him. So ask your neighbor, do you know him? Whatever you do, whatever you do, labor to get to know him better. You say, help me preach. I want to get to know him. I already it's by definition. What is knowing? Knowing is developing relationship by spending quality time together. So I tell, I, I, let's go back to elementary. I tell our sons every day, I say, boys, first thing you do when you get up, you acknowledge God. Yeah, don't, 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 don't come in there trying to get your cell phone out of our room. Don't come out there trying to turn on the TV. Before you do anything, acknowledge him. I say, hey, and you know what? When, when daddy gets on you about stuff that you ain't supposed to be doing and you feel like it's just a, an impulse or something that you can't control, I said, talk to God about it. When you pray, talk to him about that. Say, God, I don't want to be getting fussed at about stuff, but I just keep on. Yeah, talk to him. Build relationship with him. Because when you seek him, this is what Jesus said, knock and the door will be open. Seek and you'll find. Ask and it shall. You know it. You know it. You know it. So start doing it. Wow, what a message. What a word, man. I just love God's word. It's so empowering, so impactful. It causes us to be exactly what God wants us to be. I hope you enjoyed that message. As a matter of fact, if you'd like to catch us via our live stream, you can do so by going to our website, www.michaelgrantministries.net on Sundays at 11.30 a.m. or Tuesdays at 7.15 p.m., both Eastern Standard Time. Until next time, I pray that you stay strong in your faith and in all that God is speaking in your life, you have exactly what you say.